Well, hello there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good whatever time of day you're watching this. Thank you for doing so. I'm Nelson, the founder of 360 Degree Ministries, where the love of Christ must come full circle. And this week we're continuing our unit on rebellion. So uh, what we've done so far is we kind of introduced what rebellion was, and then we talked about rebellion as it pertains to God. So what I want to talk about this week is, uh, kind of alluded to it last week, is kind of the historical, historical perspective in terms of the fruit of rebellion. So to do this appropriately, the first thing I have to introduce is, move around a little paperwork. So the first thing I had to do with this is, is kind of, kind of set the stage for this. And what I mean by set the stage is, is that what does it mean, the fruit of rebellion? That means that when rebellion happens, this is normally the result. And when rebellion happens, what you have to understand about rebellion is that when rebellion happens, destruction is the result. Destruction is the result. If there is a conflict that happens out of rebellion, conflict is the result. Don't believe me? Let's go to some scripture. So this week we're going to uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. We're going to Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Going to kind of put a spin on this you may have never heard before. We'll see. And that scripture is as follows. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed them, so that the man spoke and saw. And the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So that goes on about the strong man and stuff like that. And that's all important. But what I wanted to talk about is there's two aspects of this. One, what is demon possession, so to speak? other than rebellion against God. Now we talked about rebellion against God last week, but that's kind of the principle in rebellion against God. And, and God got to come through there to, to quash that rebellion. So the, the spirit of God is the power to quash that rebellion. That's the unit. That's the session for next week or maybe a next week after that. We'll see. But not today. What I really, really wanted to focus on this week was the kingdom divided against itself. Because what has happened to every major empire in history, it was divided against itself. So when we think about this, we think about Rome, 5th century AD, you know, the glory days of Rome have passed, you know, Rome, you know, roughly in the first century, second century, like we roam, we gonna roll through there. You know, you, they roll up in somebody's house and say, you roam and you coming with me and all kind of stuff like that. But it wasn't really like that by the fifth century. It wasn't, it wasn't like that anymore. Uh, Rome was having difficulty and in, in, in actual historical people feel free to correct me on this. 
because I'm not trying to do no deep dive into history. That's not what we do here, although that's important as well. But um, we're talking about this kind of deep dive in the kind of the you know, somewhat deep dive into the context of it is that here's Rome. And then some people within Rome said, well, we don't want to be Rome anymore. And regardless of what their motives were, because you can, because we could make the argument that they were right or they were wrong and that the, the things that arose after traditional Rome were good or bad or whatever. But what happened, what, what happened? There was rebellion and Rome was destroyed. There was rebellion and Rome was destroyed. Y'all, 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 y'all see the, uh, y'all see the, y'all see the trend here and, and all the great and all the great, uh, empires before that had similar circumstances, the Greeks, the Macedonians, the, the, the Cometans, Egyptians, for, for those of you who use the more traditional piece, I mean, you can even go back all the way to the Phoenicians. You can go to the, you can go to, you can go to the, you can go to the, 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 the biblical stuff. And, and, and how God put the Israelites in bondage for their uh, rebellion against him. But more appropriately, in most of those empires, one group said no and fought the mainstream. And then it was a collapse. A house divided against itself cannot stand. That is incredibly true. It is proven true in history. Here we go with that Ecclesiastes piece yet again. There's nothing new under the sun there's nothing new under the sun so do we not believe that times have changed have not changed rather no times have not changed even now we have splinter groups yep oh hold on hold on here hold on 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 so before i even continue with this we gon' we gon' we 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 kind of slide into the political arena a little bit. So for those of you who don't necessarily like politics, just bear with me. It, it all comes back to the central point. I know some of you who like politics sitting over there, like I wonder what he's gonna say now. So there are splinter groups, fringe groups, minority groups, whatever you want to call them that have looked at the establishment in some way, shape or form, talk about right here, United States of America, ain't talk about no third world country, even though you could, you could, you could bring up the examples of Venezuela and, 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 and Brazil and, and there's then, and, and, and the Iceland example that I've really, I'm, I'm saving that one. I don't, I don't, I want I want to use that one just yet, but, um, and all these different, but a, a smaller group, or a group with less power told a group with more power, no. Now, regardless of whether or not you agree with the groups that are doing this, I mean, I mean, if you look at it or whatever your theories are about it, there's Antifa, there's the Proud Boys, there's Black Lives Matter. Now, some of you think I'm committing blasphemy by committing, putting them all in the group. Now, remember, I'm talking about regardless of motive or justification. Regardless of motive or justification, what all these groups have in common is they see the establishment, they see what's going on in the establishment, and for whatever their motivations are, they're saying no. So what's going to happen when all these different groups come together against the establishment and say no? Well, if you get enough no versus the establishment, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a divided house. 
The Civil War was 150 years ago, and, 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 and it stood to destroy America. That was is for, for all the traditional stuff that they was talking about with Abraham Lincoln, talking about he cared about the slaves and all that kind of stuff. The number one thing Abraham Lincoln had the shakes about was, was the, the integrity of the Union. That was the number one thing he had the shakes about. It wasn't it wasn't chattel enslavement. He was like because because historically speaking, he was like, if chattel enslavement keep the union together, then let's keep it. If chattel enslavement gonna tear the union apart, let's get rid of it. But he was concerned about the integrity of the union because he understood. Now I ain't trying to give Abraham Lincoln no Abraham Lincoln no overwhelming amount of credit because he ain't this superhero that everybody be talking about. Except the except the alternate reality vampire hunter guy. He's actually low key. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, um, little nerd reference. You know I got to get those in there little, every so often. But he was concerned about the integrity of the union. That was his priority, and that should be every leader's priority is the integrity of their of of what they're putting together. Just like with God, the primary thing he's concerned with is the integrity. Now, God gonna operate differently than a human being, even if it's some sort of sovereign world leader or whatever, because God got all the knowledge, he got sovereignty, he got all these great things. So he knows the best way to keep it intact. Come on, see me and let me get my Holy Spirit in you to go fight your rebellion. I know I didn't circled all the way. I know I didn't circled all the way back to it, but historically speaking, when you have divided houses, and a divided house ain't nothing but rebellion. It ain't nothing but rebellion. Think of, think think about your family. Ooh wee, yeah, we doing this now. We're gonna ad lib. I ain't won't necessarily even talk about this, but I guess it's I guess it'd be a kind of a prelude to tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Next week's you. Next week's God dog it. What words? <laughs> But um, that will be kind of a prelude to next week's session. Think about your family. I know I, I glossed over the, 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 the idea of teenagers rebelling against their parents, but I mean, it don't necessarily got to be teenagers. It ain't got to be people who stay in the same house. If you and somebody else in your family got different viewpoints, somebody rebelling against the other person. Regardless of the motive or the justification, if you and your family not on the same page, somebody in rebellion. Now, remember I hinted earlier in the unit that not all rebellion is bad. Not all rebellion is bad. All rebellion against God is bad. But against people? Yeah. So, um, what, what, what did, uh... Jesus say, I, I, I come to, I come to, uh, I come to set mother against sister and father against son and mother-in-law versus against daughter-in-law and all that kind of stuff. Depending on what your translation is, those are, re those are rebellions because somebody, because, because one person looked at the, because the, the, the smaller party looked at the larger party and said, no, that is essentially what rebellion is. And regardless of what we're talking about regardless of the form of rebellion rebellion inevitably leads to the destruction of something it inevitably leads to the destruction of something all right so next week what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the family and kind of the mechanism we're going to kind of talk about the family and and how 
yeah, we'll go ahead and do it that way. We'll go ahead and do it that way. We're going to talk about the family and how to overcome the fruit of how to overcome the principle and the fruit of rebellion because we don't want the rebellious spirit in us if we are rebelling against what's good and we we use the god example for that but we also we absolutely don't we absolutely want to avoid the fruit of rebellion because the fruit of rebellion means something well do we always want to avoid the fruit of rebellion we'll talk about that too next week because remember Regardless of here, here go to, here go that term again. Regardless of motivation or justification, the fruit of rebellion is something got to go. If rebellion goes on long enough, something gonna go down. Period. I love each and every one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another, and have a great weekend, folks.